0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings. There's never been a better time to join T-Mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today
2: as we welcome in our good friend, Matt George host of the locked on Kings podcast. And of course, Sports anchor over at ABC 10, Matt. Big game tonight. What? Let's let's start. You know, you you got you got you got to move back to move forward. That's doesn't even make sense. That's not a thing.
3: Well, that's what they say.
2: Do they? Yeah. Okay, I'll we'll go with it. Um, what the hell happened the other night? In in in, in are the Clippers the latest tough matchup for Sacramento?
1: Okay, so you're a, a professional, Damien Barling, because you lead into conversations with guests with questions, which is the correct way to do things, instead of just asking, how are you, as if anybody cares, and I was planning for you to ask, how am I? I had a bit prepared, kind of, but we, we can get to that later. Anyway, oh, I killed here, the gimmick. But, oh, see, no, no, I never. No, it wasn't <laughs> a gimmick. It wasn't a gimmick. I was just tell, like I was gonna tell you that I've been driving like almost all day today so I've been listening to the entire show sorry but I've that. Com- I've been compiling notes so I have notes oh. and we'll, we'll get to at one point okay. I have notes just about today's show um not
2: this hey, is kinda, can you wait till complex leaves before you share those <laughs> notes with everybody
1: <laughs> in fact that made me want to share them more but uh yes I, I guess the, the the clippers are now suddenly the the latest team on the list of bad matchups which now means we have 3 teams that can be classified as bad matchups in the western conference oh. and if you want to add the golden state warriors as a kinda because they've beaten the kings twice if you have this many teams in the West that are potentially playoff teams that can be classified as bad matchups, certainly two in the Pelicans and now the Clippers, you're probably in trouble because now the slim pickings on the teams that you actually want to face in a best-of-seven series.
3: And see, that's why I don't classify neither one of them as bad matchups. You just mm-hmm. lost to them. I mean, do they, do they have – is it hard to guard Zion? Is it hard to guard, to guard Ingram? Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? But sometimes – Sometimes I hope that the the coaches and the players and I know they don't don't look at these things the way us fans do sometimes because they'd be, that would be terrible. They're, well, I don't know what we're gonna do, guys. It's just a bad matchup. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. What? What? No, you lost a couple of games. You got to figure something out, that's guys. All let's is. not bother. It's a bad matchup. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no.
3: So yeah, no. That, that's why, Matt. I. You won't ever really hear me say it's a bad matchup.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there are certainly matchup elements, and there's clearly a type of player that Sacramento really struggles against. It's long, physical athletic wings. Sacramento just struggles against those type of players, and those players, is not just guarding them, because naturally we think King struggles on the defensive end. Long athletic wings give the Kings problems when they pack the paint and, and force Sacramento to shoot a lot of threes. That's been a consistent theme that I've seen with the Clippers. Certainly with the Pelicans, we saw it with the Houston Rockets, which is a third team that you might want to classify as a bad matchup. I know De'Aaron didn't play in those games. But still, I don't know how much De'Aaron Fox could have saved how terribly the rest of that Kings team played uh, in those two games against the Houston Rockets. I'm interested to see when the Kings and Rockets play again, what it looks like now that there's a little more context and knock on wood De'Aaron Fox will be playing in that game, but we'll get to that uh, at a future date. Like, I I look at this team and I, I just get, like, I think this is what they are like they they they're a team that does not surprise anybody anymore they're a team that they have four guys four dudes and if two out of the four are playing well then they have a chance to win if three out of the four are playing well they're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. If all four are playing well, this team looks unstoppable. And those four are Fox, Sabonis, Monk, and Murray. Mm-hmm. You can sprinkle in Herder here. You can sprinkle in a Harrison Barnes game every once in a while there. Trey Lyles off the bench, Sasha Vazenkov going tr- crazy. Like you can sprinkle in this help, but ultimately it's those four. And if any if, if any combination of the four are, are rolling, then Sacramento typically is rolling, whether it's Fox and Monk or Fox and Sabonis or Sabonis and Keegan, whatever combination. But we've seen too many games where only one of the four is playing well or all four of them are just playing fine. And those are typically the games that the Sacramento Kings are losing by double digits. And the fact that they've had this many double-digit losses, what's concerning to me, guys, is that through 22 games in both last season and this season, the Kings' same record, 13-9. and You can look at it through the perspective of, okay, you're 13-9, and but this year you've had a lot more injuries and you're still at the same record and still on the same pace as the season that you were the third seed in the West. So there's that positive way of looking at it, and I I like looking at it that way, and I want to look at it that way. But then when you look at the numbers and you look at how the Sacramento Kings are through the 22 games in this season compared to last season, this is me doing my best Will Z impression here. The Kings like are, are winning by a lesser margin. They're winning by around two points less per game. Not that big of a deal. They're still winning by 9.5 points per game in the 13 wins they have. But in the nine losses, they're losing by an average of 15 points. And that's compared to last season through the first nine games. They were losing by an average of seven points. So their margin of losses has almost doubled. And I'm I'm less concerned about the struggles of matchups, Kenny, and and, and play teams like that. I'm more concerned about when this team is losing. They're getting their ass kicked consistently. And they and, and I don't know if Mike needs to figure that out, if the players need to figure that out. But whether it's the second night of a back to back or long, lengthy teams or whatever, the Kings are losing by double digits way too much this season.
2: We talked on the, the yesterday, the day after the, the, the Clippers game, that this, this team, in, 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 and I've just become like enamored with this term tone setters, that like De'Aaron can set the tone in a game. And it feels like Malik can set the tone. Maybe he 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 could set the tone like when he enters a game, right? For a moment, for a time, we've seen it. We can we can go back and we could talk about the Draymond Green incident against the Warriors. Let's not forget what Malik Monk did in that game and in those particular moments as well. After the Draymond Green uh, uh, technical foul, uh, when the Kings beat the Warriors by one, but it feels like if if those guys are a little bit off, that might be it.
0: Because
2: huh. Domas. Not, not, not. This isn't a criticism. Not to be over. I don't think he does that. I don't think he's a tone setter. I think they're hoping Keegan can be, which is why I think we saw him play thirty plus minutes in the game against the Clippers. But it it feels like if De'Aaron and Malik aren't hitting, you talked about. You know, you just laid out the numbers. If one guy's playing well, two guys playing well, three guys playing well. If those guys can't set the tone, man, we might have those double digit losses that you're talking about right there because. Harrison, Keegan, uh, excuse me, uh, Kevin Herter, Trey Lott, those guys aren't taking the reins. Hell, even Domas to a certain degree. They're not taking the reins and able to pull this thing forward.
1: See, and and that's another element of this Kings team that I, I wouldn't say is necessarily concerning, but they have to figure out is because before last season, De'Aaron had to be the clear above and beyond best player on the court every single night for Sacramento to have a chance. Last year it was okay. Dieron was averaging what, twenty six points per game. He's capable of averaging thirty, but he didn't have to score that much last season for the Kings to win games. This season, like the Kings are needing Dieron to score thirty points a night, and the Kings are needing Malik Monk to be right behind him with the energy. Like uh, if, if if you're on a second night of a back to back, and your guys that played fifteen to twenty minutes the night before relying on the guy who played thirty eight to set the tone and bring the energy again. Like, what the hell are you doing here? Like to me, that's, that's concerning or that's unacceptable is yeah. Like if if you're playing heavy minutes the day before and you're a top guy, the expectation is you got to be ready and and, and get up and, and go again the next day. It's back to backs. Welcome to the league, right? Everybody has to do it. And Kawhi Leonard did that. He played 40 minutes against Portland, came back, played another 35 or whatever minute it was, dropped 30, no, 31 points and dropped 31 uh, or he did, he scored 31 points, excuse me, in 31 minutes and, and brought it to the Kings the very next night. Like that's, that's what stars do. And De'Aaron didn't have that great a game. That's fine. But to me, I'm looking at the rest of the roster and going, HB, Kevin, Trey, guys who didn't put the team on their back the night before in, in, in that win over the Brooklyn Nets. Like, where are you? Step up, step to the plate. Like give De'Aaron a little bit of help because Fox and Monk, have been above and beyond the two best players on this Kings team this season. I don't think it's particularly close. Demonis Sabonis has put up good good numbers and he Sabonis naturally plays a support role. To where if the other guys are shining, then Sabonis is doing well because he just naturally sets everybody up, scores around the rim, grabs rebounds, dishes out assists. So I'm not saying anything I'm not saying that to be negative about Sabonis. But Fox and Monk are clearly the heartbeat and lifeblood of this Sacramento team. When they're on, the Kings are at their best. But you can't rely on both of them to be on every single night. And other guys just need to be stepping up more and making more of an impact. I'm not just talking about scoring the basketball or hitting the majority of their shots or uh, having a pulse on the defensive end. It's the heart. It's the passion. What did uh, Mike Brown say after the, the loss in L.A.? He said, like, we didn't have any fight tonight.
3: Hmm.
1: Like, I'm looking at the guys who should be coming in and providing that energy, bring the fight. And when the bench came came into that game, really in the late first quarter, early second quarter, that's when things completely fell apart. So De'Aaron and and, and Malik can't be the guys on the front lines throwing every single punch every game, or when they're not on, Sacramento's going to suffer.
3: I think the biggest thing r- right now, we I would assume that we're all in agreement, but I'll, I'll ask you anyways, just um, they, they haven't found a level of consistency that I think we're all looking for because the things that we ask and the things that we want to see from this team, they, they shown they're capable of giving it to us. I mean, Brooklyn was fantastic. That Brooklyn game was fantastic. Followed up with the Clippers game, you know, that's just the, the tell of this team right now. Like sometimes, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Matt, sometimes if everybody's on, they're probably going to win. If a couple of things aren't going their way, it could get ugly real quick. And I think that's what we're waiting to see if they're able to become more consistent. You know, with this group, if they have to make changes, whatever. But can you be more consistent? They did it one time before in the six-game winning streak. Now we want to see another streak where – you know, maybe you win uh, seven or ten games or something like that to to kind of separate yourself and make sure, hey, you're you're one of these guys, and maybe they did it right now. How about Juan Toscano-Anderson? I like that. I one like year that
2: deal with the Sacramento Kings. I like it. Yes. Sorry, Matt. Matt I just caught Matt off guard. <laughs> uh, Adrian Wojnowski reports the Sacramento Kings are signing forward Juan Toscano-Anderson to a one-year deal. Uh, Sources tell ESPN, Toscano Anderson uh, has had stops with the Warriors, Lakers, and Jazz and has been playing with Mexico City uh, of the G League. Again, the Sacramento Kings are signing Juan Toscano Anderson to a one-year deal. I'm
3: not exactly sure what happened to him after the Warriors because he wasn't that good after the Warriors. But I liked him when he was on the Warriors. Uh, I like what he brought to the table. So you're talking about a guy that, you know, is a rotational guy you know, at best. And maybe he's a guy that you see every two or three games and you know, if injuries are going on and, and he can give you uh some type of spark. But one of the things that I'll say about JTA is we saw him at his best when Mike Brown was there. So maybe Mike Brown mm-hmm. feels like he can he can get something out of him.
1: Yeah, I mean I think what's made abundantly clear by this move, the Stanley Johnson move, the other G League moves is Monty and the King's front office are trying to acquire wings and give Mike some kind of help because that wing position is by far the weakest position on this King's team. And that's not intended to be a shot at Keegan and Harrison in, in any case. Like if you look at the history of, of, of Sacramento, especially during the playoff drought, like the Kings had a hard time having one starting caliber wing. They have two starting caliber wings right now. And one is underperforming with high expectations. And I'm talking about Keegan and making that second jump. Keegan's not playing bad basketball. He's just underperforming right now. That's okay. He's also much better on the defensive end that I was expecting right now. And then you have Harrison, who, if we're being completely honest, guys, is completely underperforming, period. Both sides of the floor. Like, he's just not playing well. He's not playing to the level that you would expect out of a starting vetting uh, veteran excuse me, wing. So Monty is clearly trying to get bodies in the building that at the very least can physically stack up at that position to give Mike Brown some looks. And maybe, maybe it increases any kind of intensity in practice, although the Kings don't practice that much or can't during the regular season. But like there's a, there a size issue with this Kings team at that position. And that's one that I don't know if the Kings are going to be able to address much better more than what they're doing right now we talked at the live show at sky river casino last week which was a great time by the way and shout out everybody who came out but i share with you i don't think that a, a a saving move from the trade deadline is coming this year i just don't think it makes sense i just don't think the kings are set up for it i think the kings are set up again for a position of we ride with what we got we believe that More experience, plus better Fox, Malik Monk playing this way, and better uh, Kevin Herter, and overall better starting lineup production maybe gets us out of the first round, reassess, and then attack next offseason and and try and make the big moves there and make some big decisions there. That's where I think the signs are pointing to right now. Again, it's mid-December, so we got a ton of time before the trade deadline itself. But this one Toscano-Anderson move is further fit the kings need help help at this position they need depth they need size because again those long physical athletic wings are giving sacramento fits right now and keegan can't guard all
0: hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Again, Adrian Wojnowski reports. uh, James Hamm confirms uh, the Sacramento Kings are signing Juan Toscano Anderson to a one-year deal. Of course, there's probably a lot of questions that the Kings do have a roster spot available. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is coming from the G League. Is this meant to be a two-way thing? Is this meant to be a a main roster thing? Is he with the team the rest of the season? Is like his spot, like sort of we've seen guys sign – uh one year deals with Sacramento that turn out to be line T of twenty thirty thousand dollars and they're cut before the season starts. Like we saw that during during training camp. Mm-hmm. Um what this signing means, you know, I'm not sure. Uh Matt and and, and Casey both did a great job pointing out he has a history with Mike Brown. There's probably something to that. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just you know we 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 pointed that wing position and I'm I'm gonna ask you Matt, because you said something there about Harrison Barnes and the way that he's played this year, and as a vet, you expect more from him, and I certainly understand. What about Kevin Herter? How do you feel about the way Kevin Herter has played so far this year?
1: Kevin Herter is now back on a downswing after, Mm -hmm. I think, a colossal rise and a rise that was celebrated and deserved to be celebrated with the way he started the season and the way that, that, like, I was very impressed by Kevin in the sense in, in the case that he showed his ability to make an impact on the game outside of shooting. And then he continued to make that impact when the shot returned. Well, now the shot is starting to trickle off a little bit and we're not seeing as much of an impact with the boards. We're not seeing a, a, as much of an impact with uh with, with the ball movement and even on the defensive end to the point or to a, a level where Mike has played him less and less minutes, And at the same time, we're starting to see Keegan kind of wake up a bit offensively. And I know there's only so many shots to go around. And I actually talked about this after the Brooklyn game is like, it's not just sharing the basketball in terms of assists, it's sharing the shot attempts. And there's only so many shot attempts can go around. Fox is going to be in the twenties. Sabonis should be behind him at like 14, 15 a game. Malik should probably be in the 14, 15 a game range after that. Keegan Mike at 12 one night, and Herter's only getting six, and it could be vice versa the other night, depending upon who's getting going. Like I still think this team is figuring out how to get everybody their attempts and get everybody in a rhythm at the same time. But to go back to your question, D'Lo, about Kevin Herter, the difference between Kevin and Harrison this season is Kevin has shown me that he can be impactful in the other ways that Mike is asking in addition to his offense. Harrison has not shown me that yet. He hasn't. He's, he's not grabbing rebounds, and Mike has said specifically that that's an ex- expectation of him. Harrison Barnes has been doing a terrible job mm. guarding wings, I think, and, and I've been captain defender Barnes all the way. I thought the Kings signing Harrison for 18 mil a year and bringing him back was a good thing. I'm starting to think I'm starting to be wrong because Harrison is just not living up to the expectation of what this Sacramento Kings team needs, and it's a glaring issue on a semi-consistent basis. When he has good games, I'm happy to point that out. He played excellent against Brooklyn. He scored, I think, 12 or 14 points, completely in the flow of the offense, hitting corner threes, which was wonderful to see. Also made an impact uh, in um on the defensive end that was halfway decent still didn't grab too many rebounds, but you know what, on a good offensive night, I'm willing to let that slide. But more often than not, he's not having a good offensive night. He's not grabbing boards. He's certainly not dishing assists. And then defensively, he's not able to stay in front of these long athletic wings that the Kings are having problems with. So like the, the the criticisms are high for Harrison right now, sometimes over the top. I agree. He's not the scapegoat by any means, and moving on from Harrison doesn't solve all the Kings' problems. But he's certainly not helping right now.
2: Do the Kings need to make a move? Can I can I follow up before you ask that? Just sure, go just, ahead. just real quick, because I have a little bit of problem a little bit of a problem with what Matt said, only in the okay. regard that, and I see it. I see RP talking about. Hey, thank you, Matt. Glad you acknowledged that AP's HP's not good enough. Well, Matt, keeping it in – I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna ask the chat, and I'm gonna ask Matt. What did you expect? Like what did you, what did you think was going to happen when Harris signed this? Con- Harrison signed this contract. What we're seeing this year, to me, this is Harrison Barnes in a Sacramento Kings uniform. Even as recently as last year, this is Harrison Barnes. Am I wrong? You're looking at me like I'm wrong. Am I, I, I think wrong? he's
3: been worse this year than last. year. I, I agree. I think is Harrison he has wrong. he been
2: worse or has Keegan supplanted him in the
3: hierarchy of the makeup of this team? Yes. Maybe, oh, okay right? Yes. right. <laughs> you know that doesn't, but that doesn't excuse him not being as good. So you know what I, I'm saying, like, even like I know James always I, talks I, about, oh man, he's not getting the same shots. Go grab a goddamn rebound. I
2: understand. Go I'm play better
3: defense. Podcast journals like you ain't got to you're not getting the same amount of shots. Still have an impact on the game. And now, but, and what what that tells me is, if you're not shooting, then you're invisible. Matt, and that can't happen.
1: Yeah. So kind of building off of what Kenny's saying but also like I I hear what you're saying uh, uh D'Lo, because HV's shooting percentage is actually almost identical his three point percentage is actually slightly up from 37 to 38% uh and I mean his two point percentage is up like from 55 to 58% free throw percentage down slightly but he doesn't really get to the foul line nobody on this kings team is getting to the foul line really and when they do they're missing him so who cares but to, to Kenny's point, his shooting is down from 15 to 11. Or sorry, his, his points per game are d- is down from 15 to 11. That right there I'm willing to chalk up to, like he's the fifth option on offense in this starting lineup. That's what I expected. But I said coming into this season, if Harrison is still going to play 30-plus minutes a night, which he is, I think. Is there, yeah, 30 exactly, 30.8 minutes per game. If he's going to keep playing 30 minutes a night, but he's not going to be featured as much on the offense, and Mike Brown has said as much, they're not running plays for him. So if his scoring is going to drop off, something else needs to increase. So if your job is no longer to, uh, to to score as much as you were in years past, but you're still out there to help space the floor cuz you're capable of knocking down that shot and you're a consistent starting wing in the NBA, like you're the right size, you can you can physically fit that position. You need to go out and do something else. And he doesn't like his rebounds are down. From 4.5 to 3.3, his assists are slightly down. He's never really been an assist guy. but His rebounds are down from last year? Yes, from 4.5 rebounds a game to 3.3. His defensive rebounds are down from 3.4 to 2.5, and he grabs less than an offensive rebound per game. So that's the concerning part, is not only is he not playing well on the defensive end, which so many Kings players aren't, so I'm not going to single him out necessarily, but his defense has not been good. His scoring is down. We expected that his rebounding being down and his overall impact, especially in big games, that's what concerns me. And again, I've been team Barnes and I like Harrison Barnes a ton. I am concerned about moving on from Harrison Barnes and the impact that that could have on this Kings. Uh,
2: culture. Off- I got you. No, like, no like, culture, I, we know yeah, what mean. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh no. Is it? Well, it, well, Harrison just
2: walked in and threw ah. Matt's mic down.
1: <laughs> the ghost of Harrison Barnes. I like HB2. Well, he's not I dead. HB2. I think we all.
3: I think
2: we all like. I, HB. I guess we all love HB. We just maybe I don't production. because I'm not particularly moved by the way that he's playing. It's like this is what I thought I was gonna. This is what I expect. I didn't expect much more than we're seeing. I do get frustrated with the two, you know, and the three. But like I was like Kevin Herter has a game where he score one, mm-hmm. and zero. But this is this and this I think is the most important part. Mike challenged Kevin Herter to do something else, mm-hmm. and he did. And he's done that consistently even when his shot is in hell. Harrison, it doesn't feel like, is doing that. So I, I I guess, you know, stalling out Harrison has to stop. If Kevin Herter can go get six rebounds, why the hell can't Harrison Barnes? But I'll ask this. I don't even know if I'm asking it. I think I'm stating it. Why this kind of Anderson isn't taking Harrison Barnes' place, is he?
1: Not at all. Not at all.
3: That's what no. and that goes back to what I said. Do they need to make a move? And
2: in there, that's the question I interrupted. So go ahead. I yeah, apologize. That's just, that's
3: just, do they need to make a move? When I say make a move, I ain't talking JTA. I'm and talking
2: welcome about. welcome to Sacramento. Welcome to the welcome, team. Like the beam. To, Yeah, welcome yes. to
3: JTA for sure. Uh but do they need to go make a franchise potentially franchise altering move? Do I need to make a move to a new to.
1: microphone. No, you're doing a great falling. job holding it. You look like a rock star. It's very good. Things falling apart. Um Yes. And so, yes, they do need to make a move, I think. But I don't think the move is going to be out there this year. Kind of going back to what I said earlier. Like, I just don't think it's there because you're trying to in a trade scenario. The Kings are not trading on uh, trading Keegan Murray. They're not going to. The only way I can see them trading Keegan Murray is if they are getting a star in return who is also under contractual control, who fits long. It's not happening. I don't think that's happening. So the two most likely players that the Kings are moving on from are Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell, both guys with average to below average value. Davion Mitchell's value is pretty much tanked at this point. He's, he's gotten his position taken by a two way player. Like let's be real for what it is. A two way player came in and stole Davion's spot. So like, you're not trading Harrison and Davion for an upgrade at Harrison's position. I just don't think it's realistic to, to expect that you could add draft compensation on top of that to try and sweeten the deal. But I don't think the the Raptors are, are considering that for OG or Pascal or anything like that. Maybe if the draft compensation is good enough, but those waters are muddied too, because of the Kevin Herter trade. So like I just I don't see a way where the kings make the upgrade that needs to be made for these problems to be fixed this year. I think the problem is fixed by writing it out, seeing how far you get, seeing where Keegan is at and the, what like if Keegan is ready for another step on top of that in his third year this summer and then making a decision about Harrison kevin even malik at that point although i think the decision for malik is easy bring him the hell back like i think malik's making the easiest decision for you this offseason as long as you can you can get him there but maybe you consider herder and and harrison are on the move there maybe you have a little more context about Demondis sabonis what if he stinks it up in the playoffs again i don't think they're going to consider moving on from him but if he plays really well in the playoffs you're solidified and you're i got my i got my point guard and i got my center i'm good now I got my wing in Keegan that I think can take me there, but I need to add some help on the side. So I just don't see a move, Kenny, that the Kings can make that solve these problems this year without giving up pieces that aren't a part of the problem. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, agree. I understand.
2: I wouldn't completely rule out the idea of Kevin Herter being traded. I know we, we, we focus on Harrison and Davion. I get, I get that. If there's a real deal for one of the Toronto guys mm-hmm. or something else that the league's not talking about, mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule out the idea of Kevin Herter being moved. Not advocating for it, not championing it, I not telling you it's gonna happen. I'm just saying I understand. I, I, I there I, I think Kevin has come a long way since that guy who had to sit in one of the preseason games. Mm-hmm or come off the bench in one of the preseason games to to where he is now. He was challenged by his head coach to do more, and he's done that. Mm -hmm. He has made an impact uh, on the floor. He's a good ball player. Yeah. I I, I think people are going to have feelings about Harrison Barnes. I think Harrison Barnes would probably be a a legit, a really good trade candidate to like a contending team. Mm -hmm. Oh, we love a guy like Harrison Barnes. it would be great for us. What are you getting in return from a contending team? Mm -hmm. And so that's where Kevin Herter comes into play for me. Um, Mm. If you're looking to land something that's out there or something that we haven't heard about, I'd I'd, I'd at least keep an eye on that.
1: Shooters are always extremely valuable. Kevin Herter is on a fantastic contract, fantastic contract. And you have control over him for a long time. That's why I believe the Kings won't want to give up on him because they have a, a shooter that they know fits that spot. But, It's a lot easier to imagine a world where the Kings move on from Kevin Herter for a wing or whatever help they're looking to get and plug Malik into that starting lineup and all ahead full still than it is to move on from Harrison, plug someone in Harrison's position, maybe move Keegan to the three and figure it out that way. And and really quick in the chatty house, because I've seen people like this and I want to address this comment by Spencer. He says, I hear you, Matt, but you're wasting young guys on the bench giving HB minutes. That, that comment about HB is what frustrates me because there's nobody behind Harrison Barnes. There's nobody on this roster right now that is worthy of HB's minutes. HB is not holding Sasha Vazenkov back. Sasha is not ready for what HB does. HB is not holding Trey Lyles back. Kessler Edwards is not an NBA-starring caliber player, so forget about it. He can't even crack the rotation consistently, and he's a defensive guy that Mike Brown loves. Right? Right. There is nobody on this roster to fill Harrison's spot. If there was, they'd be here by now. The Kings are riding out with what they got with Harrison, and you could have a whole hell of a lot worse than Harrison. And if you don't believe me, look through the playoff drought and and look up a guy named John Salmons or Andres Nocioni or some of the other names we've had at that position over the years here in Sacramento. There are definitely worse players than Harrison Barnes that the Sacramento Kings could have, so I don't appreciate or agree with people making Harrison out to be the biggest, main, only problem that the Sacramento Kings have. This the Kings need 40 at that position. They this need him right now. They do need to upgrade him, I think, but they're, the upgrade is not on this roster.
2: Yeah, this is not 2014 where we've got to give guys a run. No, that's not <laughs> what we're doing here. As, yeah. as it stands right now, Harrison Barnes is still the Sacramento Kings' best opportunity to win. We questioned whether it would be Sasha at some point. Sasha's not there yet. We've seen growth from Sasha in the young part of the season, in the first quarter of the season. That's fantastic. Let my man keep going. Like, Harrison isn't holding Sasha back. Like, Sasha's still got some things to figure out in the league.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, the Kings, they, they have to be careful because Aaron did turn down them.
2: Bruh.
1: Thanks, Iggy. Thanks, like, Higgy.
2: come on. Like, And, and, and I appreciate Kyle Matson, who was like, well, let's let's see if there's some context to this. He goes and watches it. <laughs> there's no context to it. And then Rory says, well, maybe he didn't know the salary count. Bro, he's the head of the players' union. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was like, like oh, why do you do man. this? Come why on, do man. they do Iggy, this? Iggy,
3: we like you, dog.
2: The, don't, don't they, do the vortex don't of that. podcast idiocy. And, and, and it was... I always joke that the funniest thing about vlade's I had a better offer two days ago was the look on his face, right I had a better offer two days ago and he looks down like huh huh that was that was ty and uh that was uh iggy and and uh Evan Turner
3: like he was dropping a
2: bar. like he turned down a hundred million <sighs> following the conversation about Tyrese as if they kept De'Aaron, and De'Aaron doesn't want to be here. Like like they was dropping a uh, bar. Like, come on, stop, Iggy.
1: Stop. Iggy's still mad at the Sacramento Kings and, and Pete DeLessandro for not giving him the contract after he was a free agent when he when he went to Golden State for the first time. Remember, yeah. the Kings were the front runner to land that. him after his years in Denver, and then it didn't work out, and I think Iggy spoke publicly about how that bothered him or whatever because of Pete. Pete was his guy in Denver. Hmm.
2: Well, then the hell with Pete, not the Kings. Kings ain't got nothing to do with this. <laughs> Aaron got nothing to do with this. Uh,
3: boy, Hell,
2: Kings like, fans don't like Pete. We got something in common, Iggy. that <laughs> uh, boy,
3: uh, boy Iggy was acting like he dropped a bar, man. I, I was, was like, so
2: annoyed man. when we got tagged in that clip. Like, Stop. like Andre, not you, <laughs> not
3: you. Hey, It had to be Iggy, man. That's my boy. With the fly like scarf on and everything, like, yeah. man, what you doing? I like Iggy, but no, no, seriousness. Not okay. Um, I think the Kings. Sometimes I wonder if the Kings are just a victim of the fact that they made the playoffs last year. Like if, if this team would be playing like this last year, do you think we'd be hypercritical of them? No, no, absolutely not. And that comes with the territory. I'm not even saying like, oh, but we Kings. knew that yeah. you said it. You were the first to say it. You were but the very what...
2: first to say that it's not going to be the same next year. So, but,
3: yeah so that's why i'm, I'm just i'm kind of sitting back and i just want to see more consistency from this group before they make a, a a move or you know start to have those talks about making a move give this team i mean this is a big stretch coming up this this the rest of this little home stand right here see what can you do here some big time mm-hmm. big time teams i think they got one two three four five six games can you go four and two in these six games at home if you can go four and two, I'd feel great. I'd be like, "Yo, this team is, this team is 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 on the right path." But if you go yeah. two and four, mm, some people might not make it to twenty twenty four as a Sacramento King.
1: No, I, I, that's, I think that's a fair expectation, Kenny. But to go back what you initially said, like. The reason why we're more critical this year is, yeah, we have the context of the playoffs, number one. Number two is this is the bed they've made for themselves. You have your head coach taking the podium every day and going, we're trying to get from good to great. If they're Mm. holding themselves to that expectation, why shouldn't everybody else? Mm. That's why I've been more critical this year than I've been in years at times when the Kings were terrible. And I was the optimistic, Matt George. Like. As if it's a, as if it's a wrestling gimmick. Like uh, everything's I,
2: a wrestling gimmick.
1: Everything is. The world is. Uh, that was one of my notes. But
2: well, I was going to say we 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 got a, a, about two minutes left a, a, around that. I, do you do you right. want to go over your your D'Lo and Casey show notes from December fourteenth? Right, uh,
1: ra- rapid fire notes here. Number one, uh, Kyle Kuzma's fall is like a sped up video of old people falling. That was, <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. That was my first note. Just That's watch terrible. old people falling and speed it up. That's what Kyle Kuzma looked like. Uh, number two, Kyle Madsen dropping 140 or 1140 uh, slip ups is worse than my multiple f bombs on the air. Yeah,
2: maybe. Yeah. And I'm, I'm putting that. Yours was that funny. Thing. Yours was funny. Yours was very, very funny because the sh- at least the one you had with me, what you uh, us. The shocked look on your face when you realize what you said was just.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pure terror. Everybody liked kiss. it except for Jesse. Uh, number three, Leazy pre-writes the intros to his calls, and he <laughs> shh, and he should write Drake bars that Kenny has to perform one day.
2: Oh, I like that. I like that. He I don't know why perform. Kenny got dragged into this, but I like it.
1: No, I just want to hear Leazy's Drake bars, and Kenny has to do it. That's funny. Uh, number four, building off of the Giannis conversation, my son takes stuff from me all the time and he won't give it back to me when I need it and I demand it. So I'm ready to fight him too. So I understand Mm. Giannis completely. Uh, and then finally, if Draymond green, uh, were a WWE guest, he would be the rare guest that comes in with heat from the crowd and he gets rocked. And I would love to see it be like Brock Lesnar or someone that just puts him in an F5. That's but don't pretty. tell him. Tell him he's going over and then have Brock just pick him well, up. Well, the uh, good news is if
2: you look at past black WWE <laughs> champions, Brock Lesnar just comes out and F5's the hell out of him. So Draymond Green, I saw him posing with the belt. Uh, <laughs> that the right, picture was making the round. So here comes Brock right, Lesnar. At it.
1: I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. That wasn't what I meant. No, that that is what you meant. Yeah. That's not what I meant by (laughs) that. Forget that note. No, it could be. Matt.George
2: at (laughs) ABC10.com. It could be Bobby Lashley. Matt, Matt, we appreciate you so much.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.